that we have been on uh, called Peace House. We've been looking, opening the scripture and looking at the question, how can a home bring peace to a neighborhood? And I'm going to just open our uh, time in the Word in prayer. And if you would uh, like to have a copy of the Bible that you can use, feel free to just raise your hand and someone will bring one uh, to you. God, I thank you that you have not left us to do life by ourselves. You've not left us to try to figure this out on our own, but God, that you've sent us help, not only in the form of Jesus Christ and salvation, but also the guidance of the Holy Spirit in your word and relationships with others. Lord, as we turn to the scripture and uh, some difficult questions, I ask that you would help us, that you would truly guide us and help us to know how to respond. I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so... Jesus said somewhat uh, famously, if you've had uh, some contact maybe as a child uh, with the blessed, maybe that was the pronunciation that you got, (laughs) blessed, uh, the Beatitudes of Jesus, a famous message, a Sermon on the Mount uh, in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, it is faithfully recorded. From the New Living Translation, we get uh, this uh, paraphrase of verse 9, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. And it helps us to grow, to understand the words that were expressed, who was saying them, to whom they were communicating, and what they actually meant. And as English is a language that is much more limited in expression than Greek, which Jesus spoke in, uh, or at times according to Hebrew, we've been unpacking in this series what a God kind of peace is and what it means. And so in this case, Jesus uses the street Greek word shalom, which are, he was the Greek word erene, which was a translation of the Hebrew shalom. And this God kind of peace was not only where there is no conflict, but where something better replaces conflict. Not only peacemaking and, hey, everybody be quiet, but peacemaking in that everyone, their concerns are expressed and there is uh, something productive that is being worked towards. Uh, And a place of health for organizations and people and things that were complex, things that were complicated. And a coming to peace where there wasn't deficiency, there wasn't lack. Uh, That's a decent uh, translation of what Jesus meant when he referred to this peace. People who work toward peace will be noticed as, hey, they're happy, hey, they're blessed, and they look like somebody that's not just an average human, but that is maybe godlike, maybe better than a comic book hero. So that's a part of what Jesus meant uh, in this word, and uh, we have been on a series of several weeks in unpacking scripture and looking at this concept. And today, appropriately, we're going to be focused on what we like to call life groups, which I'm going to explain in a moment. But first, let me give you a quick glimpse at where we have already been before today. So we started in the first week, and all of these are available streaming or available to download on our website, cityharborchurch.com, or various podcast apps. And on our website, each post, which you can even um, tag, share, or post in social media, has notes and scriptures for each one to help you have something to read while you listen. So in week one, we just 
talked about, hey, this is a God idea, and some implications of that, some understanding of that started to unpack it. In week two, we talked about peace inside your house, and in particular, conflict resolution in your home, and how how do we walk out forgiving each other, and how does that work, and does that mean you just need to be quiet, or does that mean that... that, that things that are wrong should be made right and how does that work? In week three, we looked at building relationships in your neighborhood and loving your neighbors by listening to them with an intent to understand. In week four, we looked at the two very important gifts, which would be helping others, participating with them in a task that they are working on and hospitality, which in particular means When you bring someone into your home, you feed them, you throw a party, but somebody that has been far from you, uh, whether a relationship has been broken, but more specifically, people that you don't know very well. Hospitality is not having over your closest friends, that's just having over your closest friends. Hospitality is when you bring over somebody who feels as though they are far from you. Uh, And week number five, we looked at building bridges in the community and in the neighborhood and repairing bridges. In other words, creating new relationships and points of connection and restoring ones that have been broken. In week six, we talked about taking action, but in particular, how do we follow God in the redemptive work that he is already doing to set right what is wrong in our neighborhoods? Uh, Week seven, Last week was bringing spiritual peace. How can I operate in the gifts of the Spirit? And we, um, uh, last week we handed out several pages of notes of Bible study on these charismatic gifts of the Spirit and how we operate in the gifts of the Spirit to bring spiritual peace. So we have looked at natural peace and we have looked at spiritual peace. And today we're going to look at life groups and what they mean and how they function and why we would do that. And then this coming Sunday in the house church setting, you're going to have a Bible study and an operate to, a uh, chance to operate in this act of praying for people who do not yet know Jesus and praying for your neighborhood. Set out how to, what are the things that could be improved? What are the things that could be better? Or what about this? What are the things that are God's idea of what could be better in the neighborhood? And then praying for that, which is a very important part of that. Well, Pastor Ben, that sounds like a lot. It's kind of overwhelming. I don't think I'm down for that. I I get it. I get it. It sounds like a lot. Because it's not up to you. It's not up to you. It's not your responsibility, this thing. You're just invited to engage with this thing that God is already doing. And not out of your own strength and not out of your own resources solely and not on your own, but instead in relationship. Because we are wired for relationship. American culture's started to become increasingly like Western European culture in that statistically we have more people that are lonely and living solitary lives than in most of history. And you have already stepped out of that by coming here. Thank you for coming. Welcome to City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus. And yet attending an event is not being the church. There's nothing in the scripture, there's nothing that Jesus said that would lead us to believe that attending an event is being a part of a church. Now, it is a function that helps us be the church, but it's not a very good function in our modern practices to help us build relationships which Jesus was very clear are essential to peace 
and being the church. And everything that I've just mentioned is just overwhelming if we're trying to take it on by ourselves. Am I making any sense? Now, this is, I want you to know, not my idea. Nothing that I'm sharing today is original to me. You'll have to go to another church for someone who's that brilliant. Life group. What do we mean by that? Well, life group is the concept that we follow Jesus together. Sharing life, building relationships, and serving our neighbors. So, we do that. We organize, we organize life groups. But I would not pretend that that is the perfect way or the best way to go about it. But we're trying to make something available to make it easier for you. And we're wide open to the creation of new groups. But the fact of the matter is, is that everything we do, we do in groups. Our worship team gathered as a group this morning, prayed together, covered each other. They have consistent relationships they build. The worship team is, in a sense, a life group. Our youth ministry gathers together the students and also divides in each meeting into smaller groups. They function through groups. Our Celebrate Recovery, our 12-step ministry here on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock at the Hamden Family Center and that we do in prisons. To help you find healing and freedom from life's hurts, hang-ups, and habits is all done through groups. In fact, this form of you listening to me was maybe 10% of God worshipers function in their relationship with God. Listening to someone else is not the most effective way to grow. It's just not. That's why we gather in groups. We're better together. We're wired for relationship. And in truth, if we are seeking to grow in our understanding of God's love that he has shown for us through Jesus, that is best done by asking questions, discussing, praying for in a group. No one, not Paul, not Peter, not James, not John, not even Jesus himself learned about God by themselves. They all went to Hebrew school where there was discussion with question and answer in groups. I know this might be new information. Feel free to check it out on your own. Now, John heard Jesus say these words, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And Jesus specifically uses an agape word that runs opposite of selfishness. Jesus, the Greeks had multiple love words. Phileo, where we get Philadelphia, which would be brotherly love, which is what probably most of us mean when we use the word love, except for when our spouse, when we say, I love you. (laughs) That's eros, that's a different kind of thing. Well, maybe you have a mixture of eros and agape, that's what we vote for. Agape over your eros. (laughs) 
Jesus specifically uses just the, uh, he could have said agape phileo, phileo agape, but he specifically uses an agape kind of love word, and he specifically uses it when he is also asked in Matthew chapter 22, what is the most important thing in all of scripture? He says, love God with all you've got and love your neighbor in the same way you take care of yourself. This agape kind of love word is a love where you make a decision to care for someone else not for what you can get out of them or out of the relationship. So many of us get into love or fall into love with hooks in our heart. We get into a relationship for what we can get out of it and God is trying to straighten out those hooks. Because true love is seen when we come into the relationship for what we can give. Any romantic relationship is going to be lousy until both parties come to that place for what we can give. So Jesus specifically uses this word that you would love each other, care for each other in such a way as to give, to make a decision, not based on the value of the other person or what you perceive that to be, but you would come into it in a way that would give and that your love would be like God, selfless, faithful, patient, and kind. Now, that's really hard to do coming to this thing on a Sunday morning. There's little things that you can do that involve it, But it's not going to really get engaged if this is the only time you see each other. Am I making any sense? You see, John the disciple, you see the other passages in 1 John, we won't have time to read them this morning. 1 John chapter 3 verse 16 and verse 18, chapter 4 verse 7 through 12. John continues in writing to the believers about this concept that he heard with his own ears Jesus say, he heard Jesus' tone of voice. He heard Jesus' word choice. He saw with his eyes the nonverbal communication that Jesus used to communicate this concept. And so John continues to unpack that subject. And then what we see at the birth of the early church in Acts chapter 2, which was referred to earlier this morning, verses 42 through 47, after they had obeyed the instructions of Jesus, waited in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come upon them, and then they were questioned, like, y'all look different, y'all are acting weird, what's going on? And when they explained their faith, there was something miraculous that happened, and there were thousands of people that came to faith in Jesus and started to organize, started to spend time together, and they were with each other a lot. And we see on the screen a description of what they did. They devoted themselves to fellowship, to relationship with each other in public places and in private places, to sharing meals with each other, to praying for each other. They worked together strategically. They would worship together in big groups in public places, and they would eat together in their homes, and they would learn more about Jesus, learn more about the teachings of Jesus in their homes. Acts chapter 2 in particular is a pattern scripture for us as a church, for our network of churches that is here in the U.S. and in many other countries. This is prescriptive. It's helpful. The people that heard Jesus speak, this is how they responded. So if attending an event on a Sunday morning is all that we do, we are not following Jesus in the way that his followers followed him, which I think would be the four best results way of going about it. 
Thank you, Pastor Ben. That's really good. We see furthermore in multiple cities that they continue this. And you see on the screen from Philippians, Galatians, Ephesians, and in Hebrews, love each other, work together, serve one another in love. Again, these agape words, make every effort for unity. And the one that no one wants to hear their pastor quote, especially at the beginning of summer, motivate each other, don't neglect the gathering of believers, encourage each other. We'll move right along. So life group is where we follow Jesus together, sharing life, building relationships, and serving our neighbors. Now, let's just bring a little bit more definition to this before we move on this morning. What happens is that it takes time to build relationships. Word to your mother. It takes time. It takes investment. It means that you have to be willing to try it out. And I know that that can be intimidating because it can be like, what if I don't like it? Right? Well, you're a human, so there's probably going to be some part of you that doesn't like it at first. But the reality is that there are amazing benefits that can come. From putting yourself out there, making an investment of time and energy. One of the things that I love to do, and if time and money were no object I would do every week, is surfing. The more I surf, the better life gets. Here's one thing about surfing. It can be very intimidating. Now, I grew up on the West Coast and was lucky enough to be able to go to Hawaii a number of times, and that's where I first learned how to surf. One of the things about surfing is it's very intimidating because it seems like the ocean is just trying to throw you out of it. (laughs) And you're dealing with the power of the ocean, which is way more than the power of you. And a lot of surfers have found a sense of community with each other through the blood, sweat, and tears uh, and other things that happen. My point is this. Things that can seem intimidating can be some of the most powerful and pleasurable things you will ever enjoy if you will take that first step. I'll never forget the rush I felt the first time I stood on a surfboard, even though it was the size of a boat. (laughs) So here's the result of choosing to be in relationship with each other in times outside of this Sunday morning. Community. And here's... I want to, people use the word community in a lot of different ways, like they say the word love and peace in a lot of different ways. I love pizza and I love my mom, hopefully not in the same way. I thought that was funny. (laughs) Community, in this sense, community is the intentional development of meaningful relationships based on God's purpose and principles, resulting in each person having a sense of belonging, acceptance, and significance. Now, we make an attempt to make this Sunday morning gathering, which it kind of feels like I'm bashing today, right? We, we, we try to do what we can to make this as welcoming and as inclusive an environment as possible. And it seems like it, it's working out okay. But the reality is, is that in my experience, those that, I, oh, I have a conflict, I have this, I have that, and so they don't engage in a small group They don't engage in relationship outside of a Sunday morning. Never grow in this sense of community. And as a result, they suffer the spiritual consequences. Mm -hmm. And invariably, when we have people that leave the church in a way where they're just not happy, 
It was people that were not involved in a small group. And they did not gain a sense of community. It happens over and over. And unfortunately, it's going to happen to them again. Because God wired us for relationship. And if I live my life to make me happy first and foremost, I will always be miserable. The intentional development of meaningful relationships. Well, that doesn't sound very great, Pastor Ben. That sounds like that's a lot of work. This is God's idea, not mine. Based on God's purpose and principles, resulting in each person having a sense of belonging, acceptance, and significance. What, what does belonging mean? Well, to belong means that I'm a part of something where I can give and receive. To belong means I feel love, acceptance, and affection. I'm cared for. To belong means I'm not useless. I can make a difference. And I am important. That's not pop psychology self-affirmation. This is the God-intended purpose in your life. Somebody. Doesn't that sound good? I think that sounds fantastic. Maybe better than a steak. I don't know. Well, what? who am I going to encounter when I go? That's a good question. Here's how your life group leaders should be conducting themselves. Life group leaders love God and love you. And I mean agape. Love God and love you. In a selfless, faithful, patient, and kind sort of way. Life group leaders provide a time and place for a group to follow Jesus together. Life group leaders pray for you during the week. Life group leaders are looking to God as the source, not themselves. This is an important distinction. You don't go to a small group so someone else can fix you. You don't go to a small group so someone else can tell you how you should be living. No, no, no. It's a group of believers that are seeking to to follow Jesus together. Your small group leader does not think that they are God's answer for you. That they've got it all figured out. But instead, what you should find is humility. And maybe they're one step ahead of you in these next steps in following Jesus. And they're going to lovingly help you take those next steps. A life group leader is willing to share life with you. That means your interests. Get involved in what your interests are. Right? Whatever it is. We do activities together. Geocaching. <laughs> We've had some of that in this church. The Pokemon, you know, the, the right? We've got Baltimore Rock Opera Society Symphony. We, what? We're gonna get interested. You know, I've got some odd strengths and weaknesses, let's be honest. Let's be honest. I, I'm not a normal person. <laughs> I've never been accused of that. Um, but one of my strengths, and there are many weaknesses we could be talking about today, but one of my strengths is that, I don't know, God just designed me where I'm genuinely interested in other people, and I am like really quick to get excited about what they're excited about. It's not fake. It's who I am. I... I love to hear about what your thing is, and I love to get interested in that. It's just a part of who I am. And and so that means that I get interested in lots of things, and I'm not very good at most of them. (laughs) I'm not a good surfer. (laughs) 
So getting interested in what each other are interested in, very important aspects of this. Now, I just want to bring us back to focus. We all live in Baltimore City. We all live in neighborhoods where there are homes, where there is no peace. And I believe that God's Word has specific instructions for us on what we could and should be doing for that peace. So just closing in our kind of explanation paragraph. How can a home bring peace to a neighborhood? There is a peace, a healthy state that we can find in Jesus. We can be safe and sound, able to rest and function at full capacity, complete, with our guilt removed, and free to enjoy life. Our God wants us to receive it and share it with others. We should understand this, pray for it, and work towards such a peace in ourselves, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, and in our city. In this way, we will pursue peaceful relationships inside our homes through forgiveness. Jesus motivates us to love neighbors by listening to them in an attempt to understand them and build relationships. This listening works best when we host people with food and offer to help them in what they're doing. From this context, we may create new personal relationships and repair broken ones. We will work toward natural peace and we will bring the spiritual peace of our God. Our homes will be a gathering place for our church family to grow. We will pray for our neighbors and our neighborhood. Our homes will bring peace to the neighborhood. Would you welcome Allison as she comes to share part of her story with us this morning? Hey, everybody. Um, Ben asked me just to share this morning a little bit about um, how I have found community through Life Group. And I really appreciate um, what you were just sharing, Ben, of the fact that that community isn't something that you just have right off of the bat. Like when you first show up at church, it takes time to to build it before you get a sense of actual community. Um, you know, when I when I moved to Baltimore um, a little over four and a half years ago, I didn't know anybody here. And before that, I had always had some sort of connection to the place that I had moved, whether it was um, people who were receiving me for a job or friends or family close by. And so it was uh, scary. And um, I knew that this is where God wanted me. And so I came saying, okay, Lord, I know, like, you know that community is something that I need in order to not just survive, but to experience that shalom that Ben is talking about, that, um, that full peace, that wholeness, that fullness. And so coming, I, I just said, okay, Lord, you're going to have to show me where's the church I'm supposed to go, where, where is my community and my people. And gosh, it's, uh, it's hard to find a church. It's like a, it's a long process. And then even when you find a place to plant, it, um, it takes time to build those relationships and find those people. And I was reminded of that yesterday at our women's retreat, um, because I think I had been here for a few months and was still kind of waffling on whether I was going to stay, um, at City Harbor when I, was invited and couldn't say no to going to the women's retreat. 
And then I met all these people and had these conversations and um, afterwards kind of felt like, well, finally I'm like building these these relationships and these people. And then I started going to a small group with these women who had invited me to their, to their life group from the women's retreat. And um, so the first time I showed up, Abby and Chris were, were there and then Nate and Brittany who were, um, who were hosting it. And there's these two couples and I like showed up an hour late and <laughs> we're doing a game night and it was awkward. Um, but they were really welcoming and I just didn't really know what to do with myself. But, um, you know, it took, it took time. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just reminded of how we are all seeking this, we all need this, this connectedness. It's a deep need to feel, to feel known and seen. And, um, and you can show up to church on a Sunday morning and maybe chit chat with people for a few minutes afterwards and then go home or, or go back and, and not really find find community, not really find connectedness in the church. And um, but I really love how when we when we come here, when we um, build and invest in those relationships and taking that time, um, the church is a place that's really unique because we aren't just getting the people who are like us. <laughs> it's not just the people who all work at my same company, and so they have maybe a somewhat similar perspective on the world as I do. Um, it's not just, you know, the people who live in my neighborhood, which is full of yuppies. It, you know, it's like all sorts of people from all over the place who have all different perspectives. And we are unified in, in this relationship with Jesus. And so it doesn't make sense that, um, that we would be able to find more of that connectedness through being in the church, maybe than being in somewhere where we're more similar to people. But that, that unifying relationship with Jesus is bigger than all those other things. And so it is so beautiful to see the, the deepest form of connectedness that we can find through these relationships with people who we never would have known otherwise. Oops, sorry. So Ben asked me to talk about life group. And... Um, you know, our, I've, I've been in the same life group for, for this time, and it's changed a lot. We've had different people uh, come in and through, and <laughs> even Marissa, who's here today. Um, and, you know, I, I was struck on the, um, a couple weeks ago as we finished up this book study we've been doing this year. Um, we, I looked around the room and saw these people that maybe weren't all there in the beginning of the year. A lot of people who weren't there, other than Abby and Chris, nobody else was there that first time I came to Life Group. Um, and, you know, if you're doing a book study, it can feel hard to break into that. Like, oh, we're reading this book all year round and discussing it every week. And yet, while we were doing that, five or six new people came to our Life Group this year and came in and jumped in and were a part of it. And um, I just love seeing that and seeing how... Through this this place, I have gotten to know God better through these people, through not just through yes taking the step of showing up to life group, which can is like a first and can be a hard barrier, especially when you're like, okay, these are all married couples, and <laughs> that's how church is. Like, let's just be honest. Like, as a single person, it is like, church is not always the easiest place. 
But, um, so sometimes it takes extra, <laughs> extra courage to do that. But showing up and then also choosing to invest in the people around you. So there is a place and a need to be invested in, but it's also that choosing to, to ask somebody else how they're doing or when we have an assignment at the end of the night, which is to pray for somebody else throughout the week and to check in with them every couple days. How is this thing going? You know, what is that? Actually doing it and doing those kinds of things, that sort of, of relationship building is what has built community in our life group. And as we build that in our life groups, it builds it in our church. Um, and I have a lot of other things I was going to say, but I'm, I'm not going to say them. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful for how my experience in life group in this church has, um, brought me to a deeper place of, of knowing the Lord. Um, it is maybe harder for, I, I'm on the road a lot for work. I'm in and out. Being a person who um, doesn't have family nearby or, you know, I'm, I'm single, I live on my own. It can be easy to feel um, isolated or forgotten or just to not have people. Um, and it's just to be like, okay, well, Lord, it's just you and me. But we're not meant just for, we need that, obviously, but he also has made us to need each other. And so I am so grateful for how he has, um, he has given us a community where it's, it's people who are different than us. You look at our life group and we are all like so different. And it is so great. I learned different things from each person and, um, I know the care of God through each person, through the fact that I met this woman named Abby, who happens to be from the town where I just had moved from, who graduated from high school the same year as me, but moved away, and we like never should have crossed paths until we went to this tiny church in Baltimore in a movie theater. Did I meet Justin, who went to college in the place I grew up, and is like the only Michigan State fan that I know in this city, and we can talk about basketball and football after church, like. The Lord shows his care for me through that. <laughs> it's true. Um, but through through all these interactions, through these people, um, I am grateful to have a place where I am seen and where I get a chance to see and know others and find my place in building up the church and building community. So thank you for all of your part in that and for letting me share. All right, can I please have all of our life group leaders stand? You're leading a small group. You're Holly, you're leading a small group. Melinda, Brian, get on your feet, leading a small group. These are the people that are committed to serve you. These are the people that are committed to serve you. This is not a church led by dictatorship. This is a team. This is a family. This is the family of God serving God in the way that He designed. If you are craving more relationship, reach out to somebody that is standing. We love you. We care about you. We want to help. Can we all stand and we'll close our time in prayer this morning? 
Thank you so very much for allowing us a little bit of uh, extra time this morning. I know that we have uh, gone over, and I do respect your time. Lord, I thank you so very much uh, that you have wired us for relationship and that this draws us out of selfishness. Lord, because you are leading us for our benefit, and it's beneficial to us when we will grow in relationships. Thank you, God, that you care about us. And even when we feel this is very hard, it's difficult. And uh, God, I ask that you would help us to be creative and, and start new groups and find new ways to gather, groups of two and three and four and uh, around certain interests and focus. And Lord, I just thank you that you are leading us because you love us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for coming together today. Again, please remember, we will not be here next week, but in those three different homes. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week. Thanks,